The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, Tammy, the Sasquatch Underwood. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, everybody. And, of course, on the phone, we have my brother from another mother, Todd, the killer coal head. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. How are we doing today? Not too bad. Another day at the zoo. <laughs> True. Waiting to see if they let waiting to see if they let the animals out. You know, uh, no tigers, no lions, but a shitload of oh my, <laughs> Shit, shitload of crazy ass monkeys flinging poo everywhere. That, actually, that's where I thought he was going to go with that. I'm, oh, here we go. This is going to get more freaking racist uh, freaking uh, emails for me. This is going to be great. We are so going to die. <laughs> Well, you got that. Of course, you got all these baby killers in here. Every time they take a shower, you know, there's, you know, there goes another hundred million right down the drain. Oh, <laughs> disgusting! <laughs> now I'm gonna go throw up. Every guy in the world has impregnated a sock or two. I'm just saying, a sock, a nylon. Um, let's hey, see. After, after six years. <laughs> After six years, well, I'm knocking tiles off the shower wall. What are you talking about? Ew! <laughs> That's that high-pressure system. I'm going now. <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. Damn. All right, so Tammy came up with another good Q&A for us. Uh, well, yeah, like a discussion type. Yeah, discussion thing. So I'm going to let her lead off with this, and we'll just do her, do her. go back up to... Actually, listen, while you're doing that, I'm going to do a little bit of business. Remember, fo- folks, that, uh, to log on to Facebook, join us at Citizens of Brutal Nation, and join in with our Q&A there. We uh, post daily questions, um, great discussions, and also we have a uh, you know, chat, so we can all chat back and forth. And make sure you check out our Etsy store at uh, Twisted... No, uh, TB Enterprises Store. That's it. All one word. All one word on Etsy. We have a large variety of T-shirts about for for all of your favorite serial killers, including Todd the Killer, Colhead. That's right, man. <laughs> the bestest in the not because so we're bestest. off the chain. <laughs> I love that one. I know, uh-huh. me too. <laughs> so also, I, before we start, I wanted to bring this here up because Todd and I were talking about this on Thursday. Um, and I found the story and I posted it to Citizens of Brutal Nation. And I'm not victim shaming. I want to bring that up before before we get more hate from from me. Yeah, you're victim shaming. Yeah, Bull, we won't bullshit. tell the name of who might say that, but yeah. <laughs> but Kayla Brown, this is the girl, boys and girls that uh, that 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 Todd had kept in a storage container, chained up, mm-hmm. is busted again, again, again. There's, there's a commonality here. Like every guy she dates is either dead or. Going to prison. And this time here is no different. She got busted uh, with meth wrapped up in McGriddle's wrappers. Yeah, three under the ounces hood. of meth under the hood of their car. With a guy that she has a, I think it was a restraining order or a protection order against for domestic violence. Yes. And she's riding around with him. It's yes. Great, great fucking idea. Just yeah. great. Yeah. Well, Who happens to be my roommate's brother? That's true. That's true. That's right. So the brothers are going to get back together again here shortly. Yes. To- totes my goats, yo. 
<laughs> Fucking craziness, man. You know, you think it's a small world, but honestly, it's really not anymore. <laughs> I know. You know it, 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 there, there's just so many people I run into that that know the situation and know the people and all interrelated, and you go, I mean, it's like a redneck, a redneck homecoming, you know? It's like, but yeah, you, still my sister, but... You yeah. are in the South, Todd. <laughs> oh, you are brutal. in the South. <laughs> well, here, here's what kind of gets me about that whole situation, though. Is like every time, because Kayla has been in trouble with the law before. Um, she got stole, she got caught stealing from Walmart. There's the domestic violence charges. Um, you know, I think there's a few drug charges. There's been problems, and this, yeah, before and after. Yeah, be, before she was ever interacting with you, Todd, or anybody else, she had problems. Mm-hmm. And every time now that something comes up, what do we always hear? Oh yeah, my it's God. my fault. Yeah, it's Todd's yeah. fault. She's traumatized. Fault. She's traumatized well, from all this bullshit. She was yeah. like, she was doing this shit before she ever met Todd. Well, and the thing is, is I pointed it out to you when I read you the article, is that every article, even with the uh, quote unquote alleged domestic violence from years ago, a couple of years ago, there is always a last paragraph or sentence that says Kayla Brown was kept captive by serial killer Todd Colehep. Almost verbatim, I'm saying it. Well, here's my thing. I understand that PTSD is a real deal, okay? Totally. I suffer but from it. There comes a point in a person's life when you got to look around and you go, you know what? Maybe it's not PTSD. Maybe it's that I'm an asshole. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me fucking up. It's just, it, well, it's, yeah, it's infuriating we've sometimes. We've talked about that before, that at some point you have to take responsibility for your own actions. You cannot keep blaming others for what you're doing. I learned that in counseling because, uh, you know, Todd and I come from a very similar background of, of, of abuse. And, you know, everything that I do, it's not because of anybody else, but, but for the choices that I have made. True. It's my fault that I've done the shit that I've done. Exactly. And Todd says the same thing about himself. And so, you know, we, we have accountability for that. But every time little Miss Kayla does something, it just it just kind of pisses me off that every single time it's like, oh, she's traumatized from this because she was held captive. OK, I understand you might have some PTSD. I, I dig. I dig. But you got to admit, maybe some of the problem is you. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Quit doing meth. Hey, quit fucking fighting with your boyfriends or quote-unquote fiancés because she's got a new one every fucking other day. You know, and get your shit together. Now I'm off my soapbox. So let's get into the Q&A. Sorry about that, Todd. I just, I had to vent. Hey, I did. I just, uh, this one ain't, this one ain't on me. I, I'll, I'll take responsibility for mine 100%. I messed up. Shouldn't have held her captive. I get it. Um, yeah. That's. That's on her. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that was not on me at all. Well, I, I agree so, with you on that. What one. you got today? Today, we are actually going to cover serial kill. We're going to separate the serial killer myths from the facts. Sweet. And there's eight myths I want to discuss. And, um, yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. I mean, one of the first it, it, gonna... it, it's true. It's it, it's true, Tammy. We do not all have fourteen-inch dicks. We do not have fourteen-inch dicks. I mean, you know, nothing under ten, but definitely not fourteen. This is oh, true. My lord, today <laughs> I am. Good night, y'all. <laughs> Squatch has left the hey, building. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just 
I'm just trying to help out to you know, debunk those myths because, you know, we can't have misinformation out there. You know what? I'm going to grab my amp and my guitar and Squatch is leaving the building, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> I know. Okay, so here's what I'm going to start off because I, actually there's nine myths I'm going to debunk, but the first one isn't, doesn't need, necessarily need discussion. Now, if you walk up to any random stranger and ask them if they know what a serial killer is, I would almost guarantee they will give you the correct answer. Now, if you ask them if they know any specific serial kill of any specific serial killers, I would almost guarantee they'd list at least one, if not more. Right? Because uh, everybody's heard of Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Well, Dahmer definitely because there was that documentary that just oh, got recently, released yeah. recently. Well, there was but, another documentary that was released around this or a little bit before that, a new one on Ted Bundy. I'm like, how many times do we have to hear about Ted Bundy? Well, Honestly. I actually ask that question a lot to a lot of people who ask me, hey, what's Brutal Nation and things like that? Because I'm always promoting the show. Yeah. And uh, I always ask, well, can you name what serial killers that you, know, that you actually know about? And every single time. It goes in this order, especially here in the Pacific Northwest. Ted Bundy, because he's homegrown here. Then it goes Gacy, Dahmer. Um, BTK. Uh, BTK, definitely. They go, oh, BTK, Dennis Rader. And, uh, and and then Gary Ridgway, the Green oh, yes. River Killer. Yes. You know, very few mention, like, Keith. Right. Or, uh, or, or Todd. Right. Or anybody like that. Well, and some people here. can't even, I mean, some people don't even mention the Golden Snake Killer. You know, Ooh, Jeff, yeah. uh, D'Angelo. D'Angelo, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's that one too. But um, some will mention Ramirez. But. Oh, yeah. Occasionally, if, if you're raised in the in the 80s, then yeah, you definitely mention Ramirez because right. the Night Stalker was everywhere. Yeah. Well, he's not the original. Golden State was the original Night Stalker. Just saying. Now, the reason for this is that since the late 70s, and I'm sorry if I'm slurring, but, you know, I'm not drunk. She's but, drunk. No, I'm not. Day drinking. The reason for it's way too early for that. I can't justify this early. The reason for this is that since the late 70s and early 80s, statistics are showing this term has increased in popularity. The more recent years... In more recent years, as of the early 2000s, the phenomenon of serial killing has become less prevalent in terms of action, even though society's curiosity, which almost borders on obsession, has multiplied exponentially. Some have asked, why is that? The answer is really rather simple. The media. Mm -hmm. The media coverage presents serial killing as if it's a new concept. Now, granted, serial killing... Serial killer, as a defined term, could be considered a new concept. In fact, some say it wasn't until 1976 through 1979 when former FBI agent Robert Ressler was said to have coined the phrase while he was conducting a study on convicted murderers with multiple victims. Prior to that, people who are now referred to as serial killers were thought of, of as sequential murderers, Right. Mm-hmm. Now, however, what some people aren't aware of is that Ressler didn't come up with that term on his own. He actually directly borrowed it from the German phrase. Now, I'm going to probably mispronounce this, but it's see Aaron Murdor. OK, I didn't like give it the German accent or anything. Sorry, Dieter. It does OK, Mr. Tommy. <laughs> we will forgive you for I now know. because you're not talking about the dirty Jews. <laughs> I'm not talking about, you know, the fear. That's that, that that's correct. We, we, we show <laughs> utmost respect for mine fear. You may continue now. 
Thank you. Now, giving it the bastardized American pronunciation. Now, the phrase, that German phrase was coined by a renowned Berlin homicide investigator named Ernst Janot. Janot was a detective ahead of his time. In fact, in his 30-year career, he was considered, quote, one of the most gifted and successful criminologists in the German Reich. It's said that he practiced the art of criminal profiling long before it became a division of the FBI. In 1930, after investigating the crimes of a German serial killer named Peter Curtin, Gannat wrote an article in which he coined that term to describe Curtin's crimes. So even Robert Ressler didn't come up with the term serial killer like everybody th- or serial murder like everybody thinks. Thanks to media coverage of certain cases, the public has a preconceived notion of who and what a serial killer is. However, on the other hand, because of that same media coverage, the term serial killer has adopted certain aspects that people believe to be true of all killers, or of all serial killers. Today, I want to address the top eight myths to give you the reality regarding the media's portrayal. Okay? Now, how about it? Myth number one. Everyone with a psychotic personality is a serial killer. Okay? Uh, Wait a minute. That makes no sense because serial indicates that you've done something several times, at least two, three times. Right. So I have a psychotic personality. Doesn't mean I'm a... Well, uh, well, never mind. No, that's what... And I want to clear off the bat, even though I'll discuss it a little later. There is a difference between psychotic and psychopathic. Oh, wait. I actually mispronounced... I meant to say psychopathic personality. Sorry. That was my bad. Because there is a difference, and I'll get into that later. Now, because of media coverage on high-profile serial killing cases, many people believe that everyone diagnosed with or displaying psychopathic tendencies is or will be a serial killer. Now, this is true in relation to such people as... Let's talk. I mean, these are kind of, well, one of them's not really high profile. Ted Bundy, right? He was psychopathic. That was a proven fact. Richard Ramirez and Dennis Nilsson. We love Dennis, right? (laughs) Since he got hit in the head with some legs that fell out of his cupboards. (laughs) Since he was known as guts. (laughs) Why is is my sewer system overflowing? (laughs) Mm. Sorry, I had to drink coffee. However, with mental health disorders, psycho- psychopathy, psychopathy is surprisingly one of the most commonly diagnosed afflictions in relation to disorders such as anorexia, paranoia, schizophrenia, and bipolar. It's diagnosed twice as often. It's also as common a mental diagnosis as panic disorder, narcissism, which is actually a common trait in psychopathy, by the way, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, and bulimia. In fact, the only mental disorders diagnosed more frequently by professionals are related to depression, PTSD, and alcohol and drug abuse. You know, which is common with everybody, almost. You know what I mean? Right. So, according to statistics, okay. a conservative estimate indicates approximately one out of every 200 people across the world are true psychopaths. In other words... Nearly 30 million of the entire Earth's population can say they are psychopathic. So, in general, now, in general, approximately 35% of inmates incarcerated in a prison facility have a psychopathic tendency. However, despite what mainstream media wants you to believe, not all of them 
or even not every psychopath out there or even those who have been arrested are actual serial killers. You know, because I mean, even though the U.S. has the highest rate of serial killing in the in the world, a fact is that there are only out of every murder or homicide, only one percent of them can be attributed to a serial killer. Did you know that? Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay, but what this tells me in my mind is that if they are so common, you're talking 30 million mm-hmm. psychopaths out there. Mm-hmm. That means, in my vein, is we're not that uncommon, which means we identify as that. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we should become a protected class. We can <laughs> this shit. You could be, be a protected class, so you cannot discriminate against. You know, sex, religion, uh, uh, race, color, or sociopathy. In which yeah. case, Kayla was actually my emotional support pet, and it should be. I, I mean, I don't see the problem here. Um, there's some. I mean, come on, we could get behind this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to know the weird? I mean, this is the this is the bizarre thing is people don't realize. Oh, there's more weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's more weird. weird I, as, I'm looking forward I to think, this. I mean, I think it's weird as far as what people don't understand. I mean, Scott and I understand this, and I'm pretty sure you will too. As it turns out, people don't realize that a lot of psychopaths will work in impressive occupations. For instance, they will be CEOs of major corporations. I mean, Elizabeth Holmes, who was a biotech entrepreneur who, like, swindled a whole bunch of people thinking she had this miracle thing. Um, She is a diagnosed psychopath. (laughs) Bernie Madoff is a diagnosed psychopath. Who's Bernie Madoff? Bernie Madoff? Yeah. He's a financier who was defrauded, defrauded a bunch of people. Oh, that's why it sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah. He he was one of the major owned, recent Ponzi the, schemes, but yeah. I owned a company and I was a pilot. Yeah. I mean, there you go. A, it's not a bad Being a sociopath is not a bad thing. We just don't have empathy. Right. And we're able to pull ourselves out of the situation, handle the problem without becoming an emotional wreck. Okay, so this person's dying. That sucks. But I'm focused on the three people I can save, or I'm losing this money. But I'm focused on the money I need to make over here. So I lost, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. But screw that, because I'm making three hundred thousand over here. That's going to cover the loss. Right. So let's not get emotional about it. it right. It's not that bad. It's just the fact that some people take the extreme with the sociopath, and also they become violent. Right. And in my in my regard, a psychopath and a sociopath are different. Oh, they are. I mean, a sociopath. Right. You know, we're going to plan and plot, and we're going to handle it efficiently. A psychopath wants to roll around the damn blood. Well, kind of. We I don't. mean, we've just we have done so much research on it that we've narrowed it down to this: a psychopath is born, a sociopath is made. Right, Scott? Yep. Okay. So, so other professions that. You know, and this cracks me up here is the media is talking about how all serial killers are psychopaths, yet a lot of psychopaths actually work in television and radio media. They're salespeople, like car salesmen. They're surgeons. They're journalists. They're law enforcement officials. They're actually top clergy, like I, priests and... Oh, pastors. priests, definitely. I got, I got, I got, a, ser- I got yeah. a serious question here. Mm-hmm. 
Where's my face on a bed? Where's my face on a bed like can? Fuck. You know what? There. <laughs> I have oh, no answer you know what? for that. Now we got to do a commercial. Real American Killers. Today we salute you, Todd Cole. <laughs> Mr. Todd Killer Cole. Only you could chain up a girl inside of a container for 65 days. Chain up tight. <laughs> so crack yourself open a cold Bud Light, Todd, because you are a real American killer. This Bud's for you. <laughs> this Bud's for you. <laughs> you know, they also say that a lot of professionals... Hey, Huh? It's a hell of a lot more American than that last damn program they had. <laughs> <laughs> the one they got all that shit for? Oh, yeah, man. That uh, Dylan, whatever the hell is her, its name was. You I, I don't know catch, what You're not going to catch no cold up in the dress. <laughs> you know what really sucks about that whole thing is shortly after that, Scott sent me a meme. Of a bunch of, like, bud bottles that were shaped like penises talking about the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and I wanted to shoot him. Because I bleed blue and silver. Well, okay. Is it you bleed because of all the losses? I mean, <laughs> is it sadness? It's sadness, isn't I, I it? I cry it. <laughs> now, a lot of professional chefs are actually... bleeding the word about it, the leakage. Whatever, dude. I'm done. Ain't only <laughs> Next on Brutal Nation. You're so stupid. Now, a lot of professional chefs are also considered psychopathic. And get this. Politicians and civil servants. Number one on the list was Theodore Roosevelt, one of the most acclaimed U.S. presidents in history. God so, damn. Yeah. He was a known psychopath. Now, now we have myth number. the guy who led the Rough Riders. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. seriously, just the name alone sounds like a sounds like a gay porn. Look, Rough Riders, I'm like, mount up. <laughs> well, no, Todd brings up a good point, though. Like, back then, if you heard Rough Riders, you thought Roosevelt. Now, if I hear, yeah, I'm going out with the Rough Riders. Really? You're going to that gay club? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> hey, hey, it's your deal, but I would say use a little bit of lube. I'm just, I'm saying, man. You don't want to be rough riding it. You're going to walk well, funny for a while. Well, y'all know that they, you know, their phrase was mount up. So there you go. <laughs> that opens up so many, so many I bad know. jokes. Oh, my God. There's just too many fucking bad jokes that come along with that. No, let's get into this next one. Myth number two. Serial killers travel and commit murder across state lines. Now, despite what mainstream media portrays, serial killers conduct their, quote, business in a local jurisdiction and don't travel outside of their zone very often, if at all. In fact, according to all the statistics out there, approximately 74% of known and unknown serial killers will kill their victims within a specific radius. With few exceptions, serial killers are all localized. This means they will operate within certain urban boundaries because there is a substantial victim pool there and they have a higher probability of remaining anonymous, right? Because if you're already in that area all the time, you're not going to stand out. Well, think about it. We were talking about this earlier today when I was dealing with my TikTok things for, for the show. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah, you because know, I finally found out how to put hashtags <laughs> in there from my lap, from my computer instead of on my phone. You know, I said, oh, shit, I feel stupid. Yeah. I said, where's the best place to hide something? That's right. Right in fucking plain sight because it's right there on the comments. And uh, we both 
We looked laughed. right at it. And Pat and, and glazed right over it. We both mm-hmm. did literally didn't see it because it was so goddamn obvious. obvious. Yes, exactly. Now, this actual localized area is referred to as a comfort zone. In other words, it's a set area where they, the serial killer, feels more comfortable. Either they work in that area or they have a residence within the boundaries. One of the most infamous serial killers, Jack the Ripper, offers a prime example of a comfort zone. He committed all of his murders in London's White Chapel District. He didn't stray outside of that. So according to st- statistics, see, I can't even talk now that I have my bottom plate. I hate it. A majority of individuals classified as serial killers will kill their first victim with an proximity to the location where they live. Now, remember Jerry Brudos, Jerome Brudos? Yes. He actually killed his first victim in the shed behind his house. Hey, man, it got to be convenient. You finish <laughs> up work, you go back into your house, you have a little martini. You're right. Good. I mean, however, this only happens after the offender... Wait, no, I... I, I Went to a different paragraph. This is because they are already comfortable and well-known in the area and very familiar with the surroundings. Now, it's been documented that once a serial killer grows comfortable, they may venture past their comfort zone. However, that only happens after the offender has murdered more than one victim and avoided being detected by law enforcement officials. Because then they think, oh, I can venture out further because I'm not getting caught. Right? Now, that being said... I did. Well, yeah, that's true. I was just going to say, because that makes a lot more sense not to... There's that old saying, you know, you don't shit where you eat. True. So, in my mind, it would make sense, if I was to become a serial killer, to not hunt people here in, like, my immediate Vancouver area. You know what I mean? Like, I maybe go up to uh, Battleground or um, Chehalis, you know, more towards Seattle. Places like that, because Mm -hmm. while... While I'm not a local there, and I'm not going to blend in, they're going to be looking at people around that area. You will actually blend in a lot up there, just saying. That's true, because I am, I, I'm like next level white. If white was a superpower, I'd so have a goddamn You're almost cape. translucent. That's right, man. I make albinos look at me and go, damn, dude, like for real? Get a tan. <laughs> now... Uh, oh, where was I? That being said, there are a small percentage of serial killers who will travel beyond their known comfort zone to hunt their prey. In fact, the FBI has developed what they call an HSK initiative, which is Highway Serial Killings Initiative. According to their research, from 2009 through 2011, they could identify approximately 275 potential suspects responsible for the murder of approximately 500 people. The bulk of those suspects were documented. What kind of profession, Scott? Hmm, probably truck drivers. Interstate truck drivers. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but think about it. Think, uh, Todd, think about this, okay? Well, and you too, mm-hmm. Squatch. What better way, if you're a serial killer, to kill people than to be a on traveling? The yeah, on the move. A, a, mm-hmm. a traveling salesman, um, a truck driver. Mm-hmm. You know, places, you know, things that make you move because, hey, you have a reason to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I have a reason to be in Seattle and there's like five dead bodies within Seattle. Well, they're, they're, they're not going to look at you. Why? Because your your movement in and out of that area is, is very transient. It's very brief. Yeah. And you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're in. Now you, would, now, you would think a real estate broker, a real estate agent 
would have some advantages as well. I mean, you get people to trust you to oh, go yeah, to totally. you know locations where you're by yourself, mm-hmm. you're you know secluded, vacant uh, homes, mm-hmm. um, properties, various things, land where basically nobody knows where the hell you are other than the realtor who is surprised. But the thing is, I never once harmed a single client of mine. I fired a couple because, I mean, I, every, I mean, you're going to come across so many assholes in your life and just sometimes the money's just not worth the, the drama. But I never harmed any of my clients ever. Um, but certain yeah. professions, truck drivers, realtors, uh, people who go and get around certain certain environments. I mean, at any given time, you can do that, right? With a lot of professions. Yeah. You well, know? It, yeah. And what's really bizarre about that is, I mean, on the flip side of that, is Criminal Minds actually did an episode where somebody went around killing real estate agents because they could schedule well, that, a showing. That, that, they that were by a, themselves. That, yeah. You know, so the real estate agent isn't yeah. going to show up with more than one person because, you know, they don't operate that way normally no, unless they're training. True. No, that, that that's so, very true. Yeah. Every time I've ever bought a piece of property, mm-hmm. it has been one agent, one agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've never had an agent show up. And, By the way, this is Bob, my buddy. He drinks with me and we, uh, <laughs> we play a little bit of golf. Yeah, it's never nothing like that. Yeah, I mean, you see, what they didn't what they what they didn't cover there is the show went wrong is because it wasn't. That people were just targeting, you know, real estate agents. It was called competition. It was another realtor who just wanted the business. That's true. So if we get rid of all the competitors, because you call it open house, I call it target rich environment. So you know, you gotta you gotta put Keller Williams in their place sometimes. You know? Yeah. What the fuck is getting your way? And you're just like, you know what? I'm, I'm you know, no, you're out of here. Yeah. So. Now, of known or suspected serial killers who aren't or weren't employed in the long-haul trucking industry are actually mobile by other means. Are you trying to make it closer? A little bit, yeah. Okay, well, I'm right up in it, so maybe you should check my thingy. I did, I did. It's, it's, okay, because I'm like, my lips are on. Hey, Tammy. Yes. Hey, Tammy. Yeah. I want to get right up in it, too. <laughs> well, Scott always <laughs> wants me to deep doing? throw my microphone in. Well, no, because you're, you're, uh, even though you're uh, in it, that's a little professional. We all we all want you to deep throw your, the microphone. You know oh, what, yes. Scott? I am not a hooker. <laughs> not right now, but when you get on Sandy Boulevard, that's a different story. But no, your, your voice fades out. That's why, because like, oh. you get really light-voiced. That's so, weird. Vocal dynamics. So they may be enlisted. As military servicemen. I'm sorry. They are actually itinerant, which is a mobile by other means. They may be enlisted military servicemen. They may be transients with a nomadic lifestyle. Or their job requires frequent travel on a regular basis. Some well-known interstate killers include, number one, Keith Jesperson. The happy face killer. He was a long-haul truck driver, so that makes sense, right? It makes perfect sense, yeah. Now, there was also Randy Woodfield, who is a formal, uh, formal, former professional football player with the Green Bay Packers. But when he got dumped by them, he became the I-5 killer. He was employed with the Oshkosh Corporation, which manufactures high-end machinery. 
Now, then there's Joseph Paul Franklin. We covered him. The racist killer. He oh, was a yeah. traveling neo-Nazi who went around sniping people of who were in um, biracial relationships or promoted um, biracial, uh, you know, relationships. I mean, not really, but, but couples because he, he shot Larry Flint. But he, he's the flip side of, of being... Concealed, you know what I mean? Because he's so out there, you just really look at him. And go, he's just crazy, but he's probably harmless. True, you know this but guy's he just was a like whack really job. Into what's his name? David Duke is that his guy's name? Yeah, David Duke. Yeah, the the leader of the KKK. Yeah, and then we covered this guy too, Christopher Wilder, the beauty queen killer. He literally was an alleged talent scout or photographer. And then we have our favorite, also Israel Keys. You know, because he had a kill kit in every area. That man was, was a, smart with his kill kit. Yeah, I'm just saying. He was a former military service member and nomadic traveler. So, you know, you have all that. Now, then we well, have every serial killer is an introverted monster. No. Come on, Todd. Do you stick to yourself a lot? <laughs> Are you within your own world? Yeah, Todd's so shy and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. there you go. Are you shy, no, Todd? I'm just letting y'all talk. No. I used just, to be. Growing up, I was very shy, but then I decided that I need to be, inwardly, I'm an introvert, but I have literally kicked the door off that closet, um, burned the fucking house down afterwards, but the, uh, I'm more of an extrovert now, used to be I had to force myself when I got into sales, I never thought I could do it because I was shy, and then I realized that I was very good at it, I'm not shy at all now. I mean, yeah. right now I'm in my room, butt ass naked, and my roommate's basically, uh, you know, staying by the door, trying not to keep make eye contact while I do this podcast. Tom, I said, "Hey, sexy Are you stud. really butt ass naked? Want to come find out, baby doll?" <laughs> I knew that was coming. I know. I was like, "Really? <laughs> I can't even do that anymore." <laughs> now. Let's let's look at it this way. <laughs> if everyone <laughs> believes the claims of mainstream media, they would swear all serial killers have an introverted personality. That is, they live in isolation or they are basement dwellers who can't wait to find their first or next victim. In reality, that may have been the case no. with Jeffrey Dahmer. He was a known introvert. He was very socially shy, very socially inept. There's Harold Shipman. He kept to himself a lot, except for he relied very heavily on his mother and wife. You know, so that leads to the basement dwelling aspect. And then another one of our, I mean, not really our favorite, but one that, like, disgusted us, Andre Chikatilo, the roast Oh, on yeah, that dude's a pig, man. I mean, he was so introverted and socially inept that he actually blended in a lot. Now, what people don't realize, in reality, most serial killers and the, with most serial killers and their cases, there is nothing odd, reclusive, or notable about the perpetrator. Sorry, with serial killers, they have an innate ability to blend into the fabric of everyday life. Most of them hold steady, full-time employment, have a spouse or partner, and mostly are productive members of society. Now, case in point, you. You not only had a girlfriend, yeah. you had, you know, side pieces, I guess is the best way to put that. You know, and you were a very productive, well-respected member of society. 
right? I mean, you were Nine selling. More. I mean, well, yeah, that's true. But your real estate signs were all over town. You know? Yeah, I mean, I was raising the top realtors in the whole state. Oh, my God. Stop it, Scott. Hold on. Scott's got to show me. He's sitting over there. He had to go to the bathroom, and he's over there lifting up his shirt and wiggling his ass and spanking it. I'm really mad at that Michael guy for not posting your news because I want people to see what I have to see all the time. <laughs> now well, I got to be an asshole every show. I can't help it. He does. So, it, I mean, there are times when I'm literally very serious and he gets up and moves over towards my side of the room and moons me. It's like, dude, seriously. It's a full moon, man. <laughs> not full moon. You know how you Miami. stop that problem? Huh? You know how you stop that problem? Tell Poke me. Poke him in the butthole. That's yeah, foreplay. Tom. He might like that. <laughs> I call that foreplay. <laughs> He's that sick <laughs> in the head. So, in fact, there have been several... Yeah, with a doc- cactus. <laughs> there oh, man. you go. With a cactus, I just go, deeper. <laughs> the pumpkin. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was a, a good, good day. night. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good night. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Did, did we ever tell you that, that story? Okay, so check this out, and then we'll get back on track. So Squatch and I are sitting here, and we're... We're, we're working. We're working, and we're, we're having a discussion, and we're going back and forth, just you know, being assholes to each other. Yes. And this is what I heard Dawn well, no. say. Well, no. No, you were talking... We, you were saying, you know, I really wanted to have a pumpkin in my ass or something like that, or... Yeah. It was something. It was yeah, something it had stupid. something to do with him shoving a puppy in his butt. And Dawn sits there and goes like this. She goes, "Yeah, she's on the couch." Time I thought you were a squash guy. Well, you know what? She was sitting on the couch playing on her phone. We didn't even think she was paying attention to us. First of all, but yeah, tell him what she said. This is what both Squatch and I heard. That yes. was a good night. Yes. <laughs> in regards to the pumpkin, and we both stopped and we looked at. Yeah. What? We got whiplash. We the turned our heads. Fuck. We're like, what? And apparently she says something like, I'm so Isn't proud of Isn't my boyfriend great? Yeah, it was something like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's like, not uh, that's not what you said. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. You just talked about, we were talking about violating my butt. You said that was a good night. That's not what I said. Well, that's what both of us fucking heard over here. I don't care what you thought you said. We heard the same damn thing. We both heard the same thing. And, you know, we're both not completely deaf. And as a point of <laughs> reference, I've never had a pumpkin in my butt, nor do I want one. Uh-huh. I like Halloween, but not that much. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, that's your story. You stick to it. I call it a scott lantern <laughs> You're so disgusting. Scott, from now on at the bar, you stay away from my beer. <laughs> oh come on! What what what's a little roof and all between friends? Come on, this is good. come on, man! Be fun. It's called yeah, hypnol, but I'm okay. Gonna with, I'm, I'm gonna go with no. You stay on your side. We're gonna keep a seat between us. That, that, that's not gonna fly. Is no that like a board. urinal between you two? That's man law. I swear to God. Like uh, hey, that is God. man law. That yep. is man law. And I mean. Okay. I, had, I used to have to have words with Dustin because he would always go to the bathroom at a bar and come back with a black eye. And then I would literally embarrass him in front of the bar with, dude, again, what I got into with a guy in the bathroom. How many times I got to tell you, there is no left. There is no right. There is up and down. The only conversation a dude can have in the bathroom is, did you see the tits on the bartender? And you hope it's not his sister. Uh, <laughs> What's the score of the game? And 
damn, you know, just, you got, you can't say shit in the, in the bathroom. There's no condos. You got dudes with the shit out. You don't, you don't talk. You piss and you get the fuck back out, back, get back out, out there. I've told, I've told that before, though, yeah. the difference between girls and guys. Girls will go into a bathroom by themselves and come out with two new best friends because they're sitting there and say, excuse me, can you pass me some toilet paper? Sure, my name's Brenda. And then Brenda, we're going shopping. Here's guys. You can be the best. Okay, let's take Todd and I. Todd and I are out at the bar. We're shooting the shit. We're having a good time. We're talking guns. We're having a good time. We walk into a bathroom together, and the second we get to that urinal, there's it could be mid convo. But yeah, I like the nine millimeter, and then, we're not saying nothing. <laughs> you like don't know each other. And we're not. You know what? Us women will no. actually get up from the table or go off of the dance floor and go to the bathroom together. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. We well, know. We don't do that. No. I was going to say, I've told this story before. My best friend will come over to the house, and I'll be in the bathroom. Even if I'm taking a shower, she will come right in and sit there and talk to me. I'm like, seriously, I'm pooping. <laughs> well, no, like, okay, uh, like, I can, at no time will me and any of my guy friends sit there and, and, and go, hey, I got Todd, I got to go to the bathroom. Want to come with me? <laughs> like, that's never a serious fucking question because the answer is 100% of the time. Hell no, because once you answer, answer, ask that question, I don't care if your friend has diarrhea and, and will shit his pants. Nope. At that point, there you go. Nope. Question, nope. though. Nope, nope. Okay, as a female, I need to, I need to clarify this because I don't know the rules here. But say you're at a large sporting event. Let's say it's the Super Bowl and, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are back there again. Yeah, like that's going to happen. <laughs> well, not as long as Jerry Jones is in the head office. However... The Dallas Cowboys are back there again. You have a packed stadium. People get up, they go to the bathroom. There's long lines. There's a huge, like a urinal trough in some of these men's bathrooms and stadiums. Do you line up next to each other? Or do you wait till there's an open spot far away from nope. somebody? Okay, if the game is on or Kid Rock is playing, because uh, I've been to that concert and he is uh, fucking awesome. Um, and if I... I'm a little upset that he was on that video shooting an MP5 that he didn't get from me because I could have got him a better deal. Um, yeah, we can, you know, not, not really any conversation. At that point, you're drinking, and you don't buy beer. You rent beer. That's true. Your goal yeah, but, is to piss. Your yeah. goal is to piss and get back out there because Kid Rock is going to be bringing out some strippers on stage. And it is an American thing to go see Kid Rock and see some titties. See, I'd love to see Kid Rock That's in concert. Fan. You know. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. I had tickets to Five Finger Death Punch, and unfortunately, I got arrested before I could actually, you know, use my tickets. Oh, and I think they should come in here. And I think they should actually. That, that, that was worse than getting arrested. It was like I couldn't go to the concert because, you know, Death Punch rocks ass. Um you know, but yeah, you, yeah. You, don't, you, you get in, you piss. I saw two women at the concert that ran in the guy's bathroom. I was kind of hoping this was like, you know, freebie sex, but no, she, they both pulled their panties down and pissed in the sink. It's a Kid Rock concert. Shit happens. God damn. Um, I was going to say, I've actually gone into a men's you, restroom before when I had, especially when I was pregnant, had to vomit. Because I had morning sickness so bad. I've gone into a man's restroom because yeah. the woman's has been full. It's like, dude, I can't wait. <laughs> you know, when you well, got a kid stomping on your bladder. When you went in there, you were pregnant when you came out. <laughs> so, but for the, the trough question, like, okay, so 
at any stadium where they have like the trough, mm-hmm. then yeah, you're going to stand next to another yeah. dude because you're, you're you're all gathered in. But guess what? You're not looking left. You're not looking right. You look straight fucking forward. That's where the you want to know where you look. Right at your eye level, right in front of you. That's it. You don't even look at your dick. You just do everything by feel, like you whip her out, you do your business, you tuck her back in, give a couple of shakes before that, zip up, and you leave so the next guy can get in. Because we will never, if, if some guy makes eye contact with you, I think that, that should come with the death penalty right there. <laughs> no eye contact, Your best friend from childhood could be right next to you, and you will never fucking know if he didn't see more line than him. If you see him going in and going out, you're good. Once you are up, the free. There is no left, there is no right, there is sure the fuck no high five. Uh, <laughs> if you don't me, I will pop your ass. Um, hey, you look at the ceiling and you hope it's a, it's a classy establishment that, that puts like, the spirit pages or the, the news page up there in the lab because we're going to focus where we win. We won't give a fuck. But we're going to look at that and all you're going to talk is that. We don't talk. We don't go to the bathroom together. Um, I don't want to know how things went. I assume they all came out. I don't give a fuck. Um, let's get back to the concert for the band and my beer and do all over again in the house. See, hold on. Are, are you holding the your 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 talking thingy on your shoulder? Because you're really into your mic a lot. Yeah, you're like kind of muffled a little. Yeah, muffled. Scott wants you to have good mic dynamics and yeah. keep the, the mic on your phone. No, I just want to have good vocal dynamics. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you, you go. You got her. Now here's. Here's another thing, though, is I have been to a lot of good concerts. Like, I've been to Kenny Chesney and Brooks and Dunn and shit like that. However, the best concerts I've been to are the Twisted Blue with Papa Smurf and Scott <laughs> and Matt. Well, that's because it's a very interactive show, man. Some yeah. people get up there and just sing uh, their songs. Scott had out. a fight with the microphone stand at one show. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why we're, we're, we're going all wireless. Sober. It was great. Yeah, it was crazy. I was got my ass kicked by a mic stand. It was fantastic. Totally. It was awesome. How, okay, so go for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, now, where was I? Oh, yeah. In fact, there are actually some, sev- uh, there have been several documented cases where a true serial killer has actually been removed from a suspect list because they don't stand out to the authorities. Now, even though he was an, had an introverted personality, that was the case with Andre Chikatilo. Remember? They questioned him twice in relation to murders as he came off a train and didn't bust him until they actually almost caught him in the act. Right, right. So let's wrap this one here up pretty quick because it's going to time us out pretty soon. We're at 47 minutes. But, Todd, can you call us back? Sure. All right. Let's do a call back, and that way there doesn't time out in the middle of a question. Okay. All right. Bye, buddy. <laughs> I love doing these Q&As with Todd, man. You know, I actually do, too. And I think that, you know, doing it like this, what I actually want to do with him, and I thought about this as we're doing this first part of this episode, because I was going back to the last one we did, the last couple we did last week. And we should literally go through the questions we ask every week in our group and ask him those questions. Ooh, I like Wouldn't that idea. That be, I mean, that would make for one interesting show. 
I agree. I agree. You know, that way our fans could be like, okay, well, we answer these. How would a serial killer answer these? No, touch my guts. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this one up here. Let's remember, boys and girls, that you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Go on to our Etsy store. Get your own Citizens of Brutal Nation t-shirt or... Support whatever serial killer you like the best. That's we've right. got a whole bunch of them. Wear them with pride. That's right. <laughs> but if you do, if you do get a, a you know one of our T-shirts, send us a picture of it because yeah. we we like featuring those. And, yeah, and review it on Etsy. Review it on Facebook. Just let us know what you think. Right, right. Speaking of Facebook, log on to Facebook and join Citizens of Brutal Nation. Join in the Q and A. It'd be good times. Good times. Yeah. Good times. And we promise we won't tell your mom. Yeah, we won't tell your mommy what you say. It'll be our special little secret little girl. Oh, my God. Here we go. Oh, yes. You want candy? You know what? I tell you about that dirty old man shit. (laughs) This show's copyright 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And if you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show or podcast, they're lying, thieving bastards. We will see you guys for part two later on. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.